0: When you say culture fit and you want me to walk and talk and think like you, then that's not diversity. That's just being like you.
1: Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. I meet with a lot of CIOs and IT leaders. And one of the topics that invariably comes up is that of attracting and retaining talent. It's hard to find good people. The skills we need to keep driving our business have changed. Our schools are trying to help close the skills gap. What were once considered soft skills are now required to be successful. Today's guest is on the front lines of the skills gap battle. Linda Calvin is the Vice President for the School of Information Technology at Ivy Tech Community College, the state of Indiana's largest public post-secondary institution and the nation's largest singly accredited statewide community college system. Welcome to the show, Linda.
0: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: So, Linda, let's start with your journey. Tell us a little bit about that journey, your career, and what led you to Ivy Tech.
0: Well, I started my career in IT really just kind of accidentally. Um, my my sister said to me one day when I was 20 years old, she says, what are you doing? What are you going to do with your life? And I thought I was doing it. You know, I had a little job and <laughs> working in an office and uh, on Fridays we got to have beer. So, you know, I thought, wow. How I cool scored. is that? Yeah, scored big time. But she said, you know, you need to start thinking about what you're going to do for a career. And so let me introduce you to Um, It was Wishard Memorial Hospital at the time. And let me introduce you to our computer operations. And at the time I said, I don't know anything about computer operations and I didn't have a a degree. And so I learned from her. So that was really the jumpstart of my career. I went, I walked in, started working with Vax VMS systems, which no one's ever heard of these days. (laughs) And um, from there it just progressed. And so um, I found myself at Dow Sciences which is now Corteva. And I was there 20 years, started in IT in the help desk. So when you called the help desk back in the day, you got me. Yeah. And then I journeyed throughout the organization and various roles, but all had an IT component, even though, you know, it may have been working in R&D, working in field R&D. Um, every single role had an IT component. And finally I found myself in uh, the public affairs department at Dow Sciences. Oh, and I did a number of different roles, mostly around communications, but all had the tech component until finally they said to me, we need someone to really help us unleash the power of digital. Um, and so I spent uh, my last 10 years leading digital. And at the time when I was leading it, it was, you know, it was building web pages and ad words and Buying domain names, and then it evolved to social media and understanding social media and the impacts from a, a regulatory perspective, and then um, mobile app development, which was really big for the ag space. A lot of people don't don't think that, but uh, very big. Um, from there, I became during that time I um, pursued my juris doctor and. I left out agri-sciences and became a prosecutor for the city of Indianapolis, and then I had another role at a tech company and finally spent my last uh, couple of years at Stanley Black & Decker as the IT digital leader in Indianapolis and I was searching for an opportunity where I can really make a difference, but still be tech. And I saw the role at Ivy tech and it said VP of it. Uh, Typically I wouldn't have applied for that because I thought, Oh, VP of it, just more implementation of it stuff. And I really wasn't looking for that. And then I read the job description. It was working to have a relevant tech, um, Curriculum for our students to ensure that we can get them in the jobs and give them the skill sets they need to secure the jobs in the ecosystem today, as well as work with employers. Number one, to make them aware of our students get them hired, but also internships and apprenticeships, and also to engage employers and organizations to understand what that Ivy Tech has a robust school of IT. So that's my journey. I'm thrilled to be at Ivy Tech today, and I get to do both. I get to talk about tech all day, which how cool is that? That's um, very cool. Very cool. And I also really feel like I'm giving back to community and trying to attract more women and minorities into tech, as well as make our tech curriculum robust for the students that come in. So it's it's a thrilling job, and I'm really excited to be a part of the Indianapolis tech ecosystem.
1: So as you look back on that journey, you've had some very interesting, and for those of us in tech, unusual experiences, I'm thinking <laughs> about the, you know, being the prosecutor. How do you take those skills, those lessons learned over that career and apply them to what you're doing today? What types of things come in handy, so to speak?
0: So I think, I mean, first and foremost, the tech experience, right? Growing up and being in that ground floor of bouncing systems up and down. So (laughs) I understand the technology, but also leading teams to where we have app development, and web development, so I can speak to employers about talent and understanding the skill sets that they need, understanding the complexities of CapEx and OpEx, and also understanding the processes required. For software development lifecycle, so certainly that is the largest experience but mm-hmm. I think you know a lot of people say it's weird that you have you know the prosecutorial experience plus yeah. communications you know you're a certified I'm a, I'm a certified scrum master by the way so I say oh there's you're a certified scrum master um, you know how does that fit together and really it's about problem solving Um, Because that's what legal teaches you is how do you look at um, and analyze a situation, an argument, and come out with a resolution. So that's what I apply every day is it's looking at, you know, if we have a campus, for example, that really wants to spin up an IT program, um, but they're not sure where to start. it's, It's looking at their service area, their county, their student population and saying, okay, what do we need to meet? What are your needs in your county and where you're serving? And then- How do I bring that back to you to suggest programs that can help you build a more robust IT? So really it's, and then communication, of course. I mean, being able to to articulate and message is critical to all of our jobs, really. But I think it's a very nice convergence, my skill sets to my job today. Yeah,
1: I I think the communication skill is one of the most underrated skills when you look at IT professionals, the ability to communicate complex subjects in a way that people can understand is vitally important. And, And I think that fits a little bit with what I was talking about in the opening is not only do we have this skills gap where there's more openings than qualified candidates a lot of times. But the target is moving. The face of IT is changing. what What is required of us is changing. So how are you able to focus on the future with Ivy Tech to address that widening skills gap?
0: Well, it's it's a number of things, right? So it's Jeff, number one, it's talking with employers and understanding what their needs are. and I mean, that, that's critical to Ivy Tech because what we're doing is we are helping students walk out of school and land that job and start smashing code or start understanding their networking issues. Um, so it's really Working with employers on a regular basis to understand what their needs are, but it's also you know, attending so many different conferences and seminars to see what's what we're facing in the future. you know, we hear a lot about how AI and ML are going to displace a lot of workers. So what we have to understand is, okay, what's the timeline where we're see we're going to see that transformation of those manufacturing? organizations and, you know, some say five years, some say seven years, but understanding, okay, what do we have to do from an educational perspective to start incorporating that into our curriculum? But then also, if you there was an article I recently read um, that said Salesforce was about to explode, which I was like, OK, they haven't already <laughs> because <they're, laughs> yeah, yeah. you know they are poised to do to be even more um, integrated into companies and systems with privacy and data and IoT. So, OK, we have these relationships with Salesforce and Apple, which they see that technology is going to explode for them. So. How do we work with them to have curriculum so we're preparing students? So it's really, you know, to the point that you made, it's really communication. It's a lot of meeting and talking and reading, understanding what the state's needs are. Um And in our geographies, because we're 42 locations across the state. So what are those geographies facing? You know, some of them have very unique problems or very unique situations. Um, And so understanding what they see with their community leaders and how we respond. So how can
1: our IT listeners, our listeners, how can they get involved to help from their side of the equation?
0: So, you know, I thought about this a lot and really the first thing is talking with, from an Ivy Tech perspective, I have colleagues, I have a vice president of of healthcare and nursing. There's a vice president of advanced manufacturing of business and logistics. So it's really working with us to have conversations. We want to understand what you're seeing, in the marketplace. We want to understand what your employee needs are and the skill sets that your employees need, those that you have now, how do we skill them up? So really, it's a conversation with the IT leaders um, to understand the needs, just from a tech perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But also to understand, too, is how you can you know, partner with Ivy Tech. There's so many ways. Uh, we need advisory boards, and we have advisory boards, Jeff, that inform our curriculum, that help us make decisions on what we need to do with our programs. Mm-hmm. So every location and campus will have an advisory board. Plus, the fact is that we need industry people on advisory boards for our individual programs. So right now, we have we offer nine different IT degrees um, from data base to networking, infrastructure, server administration, um, software development. So we're always looking for those in industry that can give us feedback to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> you don't need to be teaching Microsoft Access, which we all should know that. <laughs> but, you know, what we really see is MongoDB, for example, or we right. see uh, the a lot of IoT devices and all that data coming in and organizations not understanding how to massage and, and download that data. So those are the conversations that we really want to have with IT leaders and we, me personally, if I could have someone call me every day and want to sit down and have a meeting, I am there.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I think uh, one of the things I was thinking about on a previous episode, we we talked with Doug Thies, who does the IT leaders group uh, in the Indianapolis area and myself who does the Indy CIO network and would really love to get you plugged in there uh, because I think that, could give you some of that feedback from the from the tech community. So we, we can talk about that and uh, maybe make some of that happen. What I'd like to do right now, Linda, is shift gears just ever so slightly and talk about a topic that I know you are fiercely focused on, and that's diversity and inclusion. So let's start with what's probably obvious. How can creating an environment of diversity and inclusion Help close the skills gap we've been discussing?
0: Well, and I think there are on LinkedIn every day you see posts and articles that diversity fuels innovation. Um, so you need to have a very diverse workforce to help you understand different needs, um, bring different skill sets. Um, and different perspectives to help you build a really great product. I mean, I think that's first and foremost. I think we get it. And I think you can read articles from Forbes and a host of other, you know, websites and tech publications to show that, hey, we get it. The industry knows this. Um, So I think that's first and foremost. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the, the challenge is, is we have... I don't know how many thousands of job openings just in the state of Indiana in tech. And we have a lot of out-migration happening from our four-year institution still. There are a number of organizations, Jeff, and I I think you're probably aware of a number of initiatives that the state and these organizations have come together to try to get the talent here, to stay here. Um, But, you know, there's still, you know, opportunity is opportunity when you when you graduate from college. And so we need talent here. And, And I think that employers need to think differently about their requirements for hiring to get to that diversity. So, you know, the four-year degree has always been the foundation of everything and of how you get the job. And and rightfully so, it, It's education is, is essential. But, you know, we have the tech industry basically coming out and saying, you don't need a four-year degree to get started in tech. Right. And so, you know, we need companies uh to start thinking about it differently. And that also gets to diversity because now you're gonna look in a you're gonna have a different pool of resources, right? So you're looking yeah, at the community yeah. colleges who have a very diverse population. You're looking in those areas where maybe you have underrepresentation, um to say, hey, how can we get the skill set so they can come into our building and start smashing code? You know, so I think those things are essential. And I think from an industry perspective, tech has some work to do.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think when we talked about this, I know at, at an event last December that the numbers really haven't moved much. And in fact, in some cases, the numbers have gone down when you look at the diversity, especially gender diversity, uh, specifically. Right. So, one of the things that is now something that you read a lot about is uh, inclusiveness versus diversity, not against, but it's more important to have an inclusive organization. And what, when, when someone says that, what, is, what are they meaning, Linda? What things are involved in creating that inclusive environment?
0: I think in, in my experience in working in so many organizations that have a focus on trying to be uh, more diverse, is, as that's what they miss to your point, is that inclusivity. So for example, you can say, hey, we really want to have more women in our organization. So we look at those organizations in Indianapolis and in central Indiana that really serve women um, in the tech space. We reach out, we recruit, but then we don't retain that talent because of our culture is not set up, um, to welcome more women or more African-Americans. So Mm -hmm. that's what inclusivity is about. It's not just, you know, I want to hire 10 people and all of them, African-American women, Hispanic, LGBTQIA. It's not just that. It has to be that your culture is inviting and doesn't suppress those new perspectives and those different um people and backgrounds and i think that's inclusivity it's understanding and taking the temperature of your culture So, you know, Jeff, a lot of people right now are um, in organizations are saying, okay, we're going to do the unconscious bias test and we're going to create some affinity groups. um, And then that's diversity. And and that's not diversity. And we'll have a lactation support room. That's not diversity. Uh, You know, those things are great to have. But, you know, really diversity and inclusion really says it's not just about what you look like. It's how you operate. And it, it's understanding and helping employees understand where their biases are, and then holding leaders accountable to make that change. And you know, through your leadership and others in the community, you can work with them to help them understand and identify where those changes can happen. But also in having a dialogue and a conversation to flip the script. That's what, to me, inclusion really gets at is how you invite that diversity in and capitalize on having those different people in your organization
1: so it goes beyond the checkbox right of exactly uh, look at let's look at this percentage and as you're interviewing make sure that you have diverse candidates it really is it's it's an education process because we're we're not aware always of our unconscious biases or things that are microaggressions in our own organizations, and uh, I had to uh, chuckle to myself a little bit when you mentioned the lactation rooms. Because as as a CIO back in the day for Goodwill, we had Nurse Family Partnership, which is a program aimed at helping low-income expectant women to learn how to take care of themselves take care of their baby uh, and then when the baby's born continue to nurture that baby and i can't tell you how many meetings i was in when lactation came up as a subject and i'm thinking i'm the it guy this is kind of strange all <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and i think um, it's great though when when you hear that and and when you go to these organizations i mean even now in the airports, you can see, you know, the family restrooms and, and and I think that's awesome. It's indicative that you're thinking about it. But that in and of itself is not an indication of embracing diversity and inclusion. It, it's just yeah. that you, you've done the thing. It's the, it's the tactic. You know, it's, you know, Jeff, I've heard a lot of people talk about culture fit right? Oh, we want to, we, and you see it in job descriptions on LinkedIn. I bet today, if you sat down and Googled Indeed or went on LinkedIn and looked at job descriptions, you would see at least one mention of, can you fit into our culture? Well, you know, I think we get, I think fundamentally we get where that came from and what we're trying to communicate, but culture fit can mean that essentially, do you look walk and talk like us and again so that undermines the whole idea behind inclusion because it's not like can you be like us now of course if you if you have a goal of saying teamwork, right, communication, um, and innovative thinking, that to me is like, okay, yeah, we want to attract people that have those skill sets and those abilities and emotional, you know, intelligence. But when you say culture fit, and you want us to, you want me to walk and talk and think like you, then that's not diversity. That's just being like you, you know? So I, I think that people really need to understand when they're and HR, people need to help leaders and leaders need to help HR people that when you're writing these job descriptions it's not only not using that it's not using that language but also when you're writing that and saying we want you to come and belong and we value your input we value your perspective do you have a culture that really sustains that and i think that's the question that people need to ask and it's a hard question jeff it's not it's not easy to take a look because you know there are going to be some things that you may uncover that You're like, wow, I hate that, you know, but that's okay. To me, I should not be afraid at all. You know, I I worked at a company and we were, they were going to do their first employee engagement survey. And I was on a call with a group of leaders and they were like, well, you know, you're probably going to hear employees say this, and you're probably going to hear employees say that. And I don't know. And and we're really afraid of what was going to come out of it. And I said, you know, look. It is, it's difficult to hear it. Just like when you sit down with your boss and you know, know, on your performance management, it's difficult to hear those opportunities, if you will. Uh Um, But when you actually hear them and understand them, then you can address them. And that to me is the better part of this that can help you. So I think that, especially in IT, I think especially in IT um, leaders need to take that hard look. Right. And then figure out how do I address them and who do I need to help me do this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So are our schools, our our universities, our community colleges, are they teaching diversity and inclusion? Is that something that that they're trying to work into the curriculum for that next generation?
0: I think, you know, what we've heard from a lot of employers is that we need, you know, to make sure that our students understand emotional intelligence and, Mm -hmm. and personality styles and how to work better in teams. So I think in a roundabout way, yes. Now, are we teaching specific, you know, uh, courses on diversity and inclusion? Not in the purest sense, Jeff, Mm -hmm. but what we are trying to do is number one, there are clubs and uh, throughout um, a lot of colleges, there are women in technology clubs, IT clubs. Um, right. You know, you have different affinity group networks, but I think a lot of that comes to play into play when we start putting teams together within those within those courses, right? And that you have Sally and you know John. Ted, you know, Samantha, Brickisha, and and you have all of these different people coming together to work together in a team. And I think that's where we're really starting to infuse that learning of how do you engage with someone that thinks differently than you do?
1: Right, right. And that that's really the key. It's one of the benefits is diversity of thought because people take different approaches to problem solving, as we were talking earlier about the the problem solving aspect of what we do and to have different perspectives on how to solve the problem, make, make us all stronger and better. Yes,
0: absolutely. And And I'll say this too, you know, one of the things that we're doing at Ivy Tech and um, we have every year we have an IT challenge and it's for Ivy Tech students across the state. And they all converge on Indianapolis and have different IT challenges. And then at the end of the day, there are awards and we have a career fair and all kinds of really cool stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. but typically it was campus against campus. And so this year we're doing it differently because we discovered from the an AT&T hackathon back in the fall of last year, we brought a statewide team together students came back and said, I really liked working with other people from across the state, because I'm just in my little, you know, my little group here. And so this year at our hackathon, I said, you know what, let's keep that going. And we're bringing all the students in. We're going to have them sign up. And then we're going to assign them to Teams. So it's not going to be Fort Wayne against Lake County, against Lawrenceburg, you Uh know, against Indy. It's going to be a group of people from our various programs. So you're going to have cybersecurity, database, visual communications, and UI, UX people all together. And we're going to put them onto Teams because that's work, right, if you think about it that's what you're getting when you walk out of school and walk into the workplace. You may be working with people from various cross-functionally disciplines within IT alone, but also from a business perspective. And you're going to have people on the phone. They're going to be overseas. So that's what work is about. And those are the types of things that I think we, as educational institutions, can make sure that we're doing is providing opportunities for our students to have that real-world experience.
1: And learn how to, how to be open to others' thoughts. That's a great idea because even in a state the size of, of Indiana, there's different cultures. Each community kind of has its own culture. So you're mixing in that diversity of thought by ingesting that into the teams. That's a fantastic idea.
0: Yes. I'm, I'm just so excited about it, but I, I think the other great thing is to your point about how we, expose students to diversity. I mean, I think this is a a primary lesson because there's going to be someone on your team that you're not going to agree with. And guess what? That's work.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, that's work. Um, Right. But (laughs) what you'll do is you will, because you understand at the end of eight hours, right, you have to deliver a product. So you're going to have to have that negotiation. But also you're going to say, well, I don't really know this, but you know what? This person knows this. So, uh, I mean, that gets at the core Of diversity and inclusion, diversity of thought, style, Um, and then you'll have different. Mm -hmm. To your point, I mean, across the state, you you just have a a lot of different people, and that's the wonderful thing about at Ivy Tech is that you know we have our population. Um, is very reflective of our communities. And so I think, you know, Jeff, mm-hmm. I just want to make a point. Is that's the great, the other great thing about working with our students and at Ivy Tech is that from a tech perspective and a tech talent gap perspective is that our students want to stay here. And that's what we need, right, for the state of Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So, And we have a diverse population. So the employers can say, hey, wow, I know if I work with Ivy Tech – I have a diversity strategy where I want to get right. someone with a different background. Wow, I can do that. But again, yep. kind of closing the loop on that conversation, it it comes back to employers thinking differently about who and what and where they need to hire.
1: Yeah, exactly, Linda. I always like to end these conversations with with a with a call to action. So what's one or two things that our listeners, our IT leaders that are that are listening in today, what should they do different tomorrow because they listen to us today?
0: Well first I think understanding um, what organizations, educational organizations and some of these community organizations that are trying to um, enhance skills and tech skills and understand the programs. There are a number of organizations, Code Black Indie, Women in High Tech, Women Who Code, um, just a number of organizations that are doing the good work to nurture the skill sets to address tech tech talent gap and diversity. So I think number one is making a appointment, putting it on the calendar, and reaching out to someone in those organizations to understand more. I think that's the first thing. I think the other thing to do is, of course, you can always reach out to me and connect with me on LinkedIn and say, Linda, I want to learn more about what you're doing at Ivy Tech in the School of IT. I mean, that's to me, helps. that's easy. <laughs> but I think the other thing really, because it's the biggest issue um, that we have that can really get to the gap in the talent and the retention is diversity, right? So I think number one, is there data that the IT leaders can get their hands on from HR, from employee engagement surveys um, that talks or speaks to what challenges the organization is facing, number one. Um, I think the the other thing is, is, you know, if there's a way for, those IT leaders to have some conversations within, if there are ERGs, employee resource groups, affinity groups, that um, IT leaders can reach out to to those different groups to say, hey, I want to have a conversation. I think that's the easy stuff to do or the low-hanging fruit, not easy, right. but low-hanging fruit you could do within your own organizations. But I think the other thing, Jeff, is there are different events and would you say, I bet there's at least... A, One to two events a month, and just in Indianapolis alone. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Where
0: you can meet and learn about different initiatives and opportunities at diversity. And I think working, you know, engaging with you, engaging with Julie Kratz. Right. I think is a great way to get started. There's a session come up, I think women in high tech in February, um, mm-hmm. where women in STEM are going to talk about their experiences. Um, I'll be on that panel as well. So well, I fun. think signing up for things like that is also something you can do. Clear the calendar for February. I believe it's February fifth. Jeff, <laughs> one thirty to five thirty. Go ahead and move those uh, meetings you have right now, and yes. and make sure that you you know bake in some travel time and parking time, and right. go to that session because you can hear from women um, and di- and a diverse. Set of women actually in diverse disciplines and understand, wow, is, is that what we have going on in our organization? But then, you know, if you don't know how to tackle it, then again, it's working with diversity professionals such as yourself to have conversations to really help them understand their culture and change it so you can be more right. inclusive. And then I think the last thing, Jeff, is, um, you know, hiring, right? If you have open jobs, look at the requirements that are posted on the jobs you have on your website right now. Is it really critical that they, if someone has a four-year degree or right. could you hire someone that maybe has a maybe you have a four-year degree in theology but has worked in um, tech for 15 years um, right. or is it someone who has a community college background or even some kind of certificate from an academy um, right. that has two years experience understands agile you know so think about it differently and then work with your HR leadership to say hey look let's make sure we have the right things on our job descriptions and oh by the way jeff i think this came up in december um you know and make sure in those job descriptions don't say hey we're looking for someone to score a touchdown for our team because okay (laughs) okay because right that's not going to speak to everyone so i think those are the hard things that people can do Uh,
1: linda that is uh a great set of advice for our listeners and i think very very actionable i want to thank you so very much for taking your time today to talk with us would love to connect again in the future maybe have a deeper dive on some of these topics on future podcasts but thank you so much for your time
0: thank you this was this was like totally fun thank you so much (laughs) i was really geeked to be here and thank you so much for having me
1: To our audience, I I know that a lot of the actions that Linda and I have talked about, I know you can implement those. Look at your own organization. Even if you're not in Indiana, where Linda and I are from, there are organizations where you live that you can get involved in. There's community colleges where you live that you can get involved with, and I encourage you to look in that direction. If you have questions or want to learn more, uh, Linda's already offered to connect with her on LinkedIn, but you could also go to intervision.com. Our show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Linda Calvin. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InnerVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter.
0: Thank you for listening. Until next time.